You've heard me talk about my preferred fish oil brand, Vital Nutrients, offering a line of 11 ultra-pure omega-3 solutions. Well, I'm happy to report that they also offer a great line of premium quality, clinically relevant, professional-grade products which help support optimal immune function, including quercetin, NAC, Viracon, and Aller-C. Quercetin supports healthy sinus and respiratory function. NAC delivers antioxidant support. Viracon is a unique herbal formula for comprehensive immune system support. And Aller-C provides respiratory histamine and sinus support. I'm so impressed with these products that I took them with me on my recent trip to Iceland. For more information and to order, go to vitalnutrients.co. That's vitalnutrients.co. Vital Nutrients products are formulated by healthcare professionals utilizing peer-reviewed research, bioavailable and bioactive ingredients in therapeutic doses. I take them and use them in my practice. Just go to vitalnutrients.co and check them out. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. It's part two of an uh, investigation of integrative rheumatology. Uh, we have with us one of a rare breed, an integrative rheumatologist, someone who practices uh, conventional rheumatology, but she's also uh, via her training at uh, the Andrew Weil program, which is uh, graduating uh, cadres of doctors who are schooled in both conventional and natural approaches to medical problems. So uh, in part one, you know, we discussed uh, diet. Uh, but I want to get a little more specific about uh, supplements because uh, there's a lot of potential for supplements to have an impact on inflammatory conditions. But there's also concerns that, you know, do they mix and match appropriately with medications? Uh, and I can think of no better person to uh, ask questions about that uh, than today's guest, Dr. Jill Weintraub. So, uh, Dr. Weintraub, so w what are some of the things that uh, generally are compatible with uh, medication that can be given to patients with uh, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, lupus, etc. Yeah, well, there's several, and there's several that we have evidence for. Um, you know, one of the big ones is actually vitamin D. Mm -hmm. And what we know is that vitamin D deficiency is not only widespread, but people who are vitamin D deficient are more likely to have disease flares with autoimmune diseases. Um, we see this in rheumatoid arthritis, and we even see it in lupus. So that's one that we like to correct, and we correct it usually to about 40 or 50, and that's coming from the rheumatology literature. I know in different specialties they might have different levels, but that's usually our target, and we know that treating those deficiencies and getting people on a good level of vitamin D decreases disease flares and also helps medications work better, in addition, of course, to providing some protection from osteoporosis. So that's one of the ones that I, I always go to pretty quickly. And then, of course, um, you know, we have a, a whole array of different phytochemicals or different um, food pigments, things like curcumin, and there's a variety of other ones that are all having anti-inflammatory responses. And there's some literature showing that there's efficacy in rheumatoid arthritis for some of the ones that are better absorbed. So, you know, when we take a curcumin, um, you know, we're, we take it. And then the question is really, where is it working? Is it staying inside of our GI tract? And is it having an effect on the microbiome? Or is it crossing 
through the wall of the GI tract and is it able to get into the joints. So in rheumatology, the ones that we have evidence for are the ones that go across the, the wall of the GI tract. So something like a theracurmin or a Mariva curcumin. Um, these are curcumins that have been modified so that they're better absorbed. And so-called liposomal another, forms of, of curcumin, where in effect it's packaged in nanospheres of lipids that can be uh, taken up by the uh, digestive tract and uh, go into the circulation. Yeah, and those are useful also in my patient population because those nanospheres, they go right into the bloodstream and they don't actually go through the liver. And that's important because a lot of our medication goes through the liver. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to get into drug-herb interactions, but those bioavailable forms of curcumin appear to be safe. Mm -hmm. So that's something also that I, I try to use with my patients, and it's usually very well tolerated. Um, of Go course, ahead. another thing that we often use is fish oil or omega-3 fatty acids. And this has been looked at pretty extensively in rheumatology. And what we know is that to get an anti-inflammatory effect, people usually need to be on a, a pretty good dose. So at least two grams, but sometimes up to four grams or even more. Um, unfortunately, you know, we don't really have good information telling us which of the omega-3 fatty acids are the best ones for rheumatoid arthritis. So there's EPA, there's DHA. I know we have some information in, in some other syndromes. In rheumatology, we, we don't really have that. Um, so I also encourage people to try and get omega-3 fat, omega fatty acids from their diet, either by eating wild fatty fish, um, or to try and get some of the plant-based sources in, in walnuts or pumpkin seeds or flax. And I find usually between diet and supplementation, we can get a good enough dose that we start to see an anti-inflammatory effect from it. There's some other uh, natural anti-inflammatories, uh, buswellin, for example, uh, derivative of common frankincense. Uh, is that something that's on your uh, radar screen? Yeah, so I often combine Boswellia with a curcumin, and I find that that can be very helpful for alleviating joint pain. Um, one caveat with that, though, is when we put people on Boswellia, we can't have them take NSAIDs. So they can't take their, their Motrin or their Aleve, which some people are relying on, um, because with it, you just get a tremendous amount of bruising. But I find that the Boswellia is, is often very effective um, and is also actually good for some GI inflammation as well. We use it also in ulcerative colitis. Mm -hmm. Another autoimmune uh, condition uh, where it works locally on the intestinal wall and can be helpful. Um, what are uh, any of the other herbs that uh, you find helpful? that uh, can be safely used in conjunction with medication or, or standalone, you know, when you're on minimal medication? Yeah, well, so um, I would say the, the other two classes of supplements that I often use are probiotics mm -hmm. and then sometimes adaptogens. Um, so the microbiome, is, as I'm, I'm sure you're very familiar with, you know, we're in rheumatology, I think we're in our infancy of really learning of, 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 of how to modulate it and 
to do to make it work with us and not against us. And it does seem like, again, there's not a one-size-fits-all solution and that some people are able to really change their microbiome through diets and probiotics. And some people, it, it's a lot harder, and, and that may have something to do with whether or not they had a lot of antibiotics in childhood or whether they had a cesarean birth or even a lot of stress or genetics. But we are getting some information that there are some strains of probiotics that may be helpful in rheumatoid arthritis. So lactobacillus casei is one of them. So I have been putting people who I, I think may have some disruption to the microbiome in their gut. I am using some probiotics with that. And then, of course, as we mentioned earlier, um, you know, of course, we have different biomes or collections of microorganisms in, in, in most of the cavities of our bodies, so especially including the mouth. And perioral gum disease is a, is a very strong risk factor for autoimmune disease. So there are actually now some oral probiotic melts that seem like they may have some efficacy in working against the gum disease that seems to be a real driver of autoimmunity. So I'll sometimes use it in that capacity as well. And and there's and a, then in terms. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say switching over to adaptogens. So adaptogens being different phytochemicals that help reset the adrenocortical axis, and that's a, an endocrine axis that's activated really by the chronic stress that pretty much everybody is feeling today. So when we when we have an activated adrenocortical axis, we have a, a constant steady stream of cortisol, which is a very pro-inflammatory, at least pro-inflammatory over time, um, endocrine marker, and that tends to drive inflammation. So there are some phytochemicals we can use to help reset that axis. So sometimes I will use things like ashwagandha, which in addition to resetting that axis is, is good for anxiety. It can be good for sleep. And we know that your immune system really resets itself at night. So getting a good night's sleep is very important in terms of controlling inflammation. Um, and then sometimes I will also use other things like ginseng, panax ginseng. But with that, I can get into some drug interactions. So that I use less liberally. Okay, folks, at this point, let's pause and allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share a vital message with you. Here goes. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences. And now I'm excited about a new natural wellness line from Plus CBD, CBD Calm and CBD Sleep. CBD Calm helps ease tension, soothe irritability, and contributes to a greater sense of contentment through a blend of Plus CBD's award-winning full-spectrum CBD, plus L-theanine and 5-HTP. CBD Sleep aids occasional sleeplessness with CBD plus melatonin, as well as soothing magnolia bark extract and relaxing lemon balm so you can get the rest you need and wake up alert and focused. Both products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make intelligent medicine a continuing free resource to you. And now back to today's guest, 
Dr. Jill Weintraub. One theory about why people develop autoimmunity is because of so-called leaky gut or uh, altered intestinal permeability. Uh, you pay attention to the microbiome and you administer probiotics and you work with diet, but do, do you ever specifically target the the gut wall to use so-called gut sealing uh, nutrient support, reduce uh, the uh, uh, improve the gap junctions so that they don't uh, allow uh, undigested food uh, antigens to traverse into the digest into the circulatory system. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. So very frequently, especially in the beginning, um, and particularly if people are having symptoms suggestive of leaky gut. Um, but I will often at least for the, the first month, try and put people on what I would call a leaky gut protocol. Mm-hmm. So, and I tend to lean toward a traditional Chinese medicine way of approaching this. And in traditional Chinese medicine, there's not really a big difference between food and medicine. It's, it's all on the same continuum. So they suggest foods like cooked soups and squashes, warm, soupy liquids mm-hmm. that are easily absorbed and, and not Broths. irritating to the gut. Things with collagen and yep. so on, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, also sometimes I will use different powders containing aloe and marshmallow mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. other plant-based chemicals that are very soothing to the gut to give it a coating. You know, uh, deglycerized licorice I find is very nice for yep. that. And do that and try and give the chance the gut, the gut a chance to really heal and then try to lose the phytochemical support for that and, and try and really then do it with diet over time. And uh, do you ever treat uh, patients who have, um, uh, you know, painful conditions like uh, uh, fibromyalgia? Uh, you know, I know that that's kind of a wastebasket term uh, or uh, even polymyalgia rheumatica. Uh, these are conditions that are, you know, often really challenging. Yeah, so all the time. Um, and what I find is, you know, most of my patients have some component of fibromyalgia. And and what I mean by that is that anybody who's in chronic pain for more than three months or so starts to develop neurologic changes. So the nerves at the level of the joint become upregulated, the pain mediators become in greater numbers, and then that goes to the brain and the parts of the brain that sense pain, and those areas become more active. And then people start to feel pain in in areas of their body that appear to be physiologically normal. And, you know, for a while it it was hard as doctors for us to understand this because the areas of the body that we were examining that the patients felt so much pain in looked structurally normal to us. But now we have really good studies showing that yeah, these areas look structurally normal because we can't see the nerves and we can't see what's going on. But if you could see all of that, you would see so much more metabolic activity in places where people have experienced pain for a long time. So, you know, what I find is sometimes we we make the psoriatic arthritis much better or we make the rheumatoid arthritis much better, but people continue to have pain and it's that neurologic response that has now been coined central sensitization is a very real thing. And so, of course, we have to to treat that as well for people to really get better. And is there any role for 
paying some attention to the endocrinology here because uh, I've noticed that especially patients who are on steroids, they have vanishingly low levels of things like uh, DHEA and that uh, DHEA can have uh, energizing, anti-inflammatory, analgesic effects, uh, you know, particularly uh, in men, but in, in both sexes. Testosterone sometimes can be helpful in men with rheumatological conditions. Uh, is that ever in your purview? Yeah, and actually, you know, one of the, the places where I use that the most is actually in lupus, mm-hmm. where fatigue and frailty happen so quickly. And, and there was actually a good study done several years ago with DHEA, mm-hmm. where people Using actually very high doses. felt better. Yeah, I think it was like 200 yeah. milligrams of DHEA, which for women could be a little challenging, you know, with potential side effects, acne, facial hair, but it definitely it seemed to do the trick. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of success with it. I find that people usually do feel better on it, not everyone. And then it does appear to really be very safe long term, but I, I do, particularly in postmenopausal women, then of course want them to have appropriate GYN follow up just to make sure that we're not getting into any unwanted estrogen side effects. Indeed. So, uh, so. It- Tell us a little bit about uh, your practice. You you practice here in New York City, but you also do telemedicine, and you have other venues where you practice. You're sort of the the roving integrative rheumatologist, right, these days? <laughs> yeah, well, so I, I have offices in both New York City and in Westchester County, and I find that um, for certain syndromes, you know, telehealth is very amenable to taking care of people with rheumatologic conditions, particularly once we know what we're treating and we really just need to have a, take a deep dive into, you know, what sort of medication we want to use, what sort of lifestyle changes we want to use. And there's a lot of discussion and shared decision making that has to take place. So, so yes, to your point, I, I, I am in a, in a lot of both actual and virtual locations these days. Well, I think a lot of patients with uh, rheumatological problems will find it reassuring that uh, they can talk about this kind of stuff with you and not receive, not be dismissed, not be, uh, you know, told that uh, there's no evidence that these things have any efficacy because you know better and you also know how to wield them. You have training and experience in uh, taking an intelligent medicine approach to challenging rheumatological problems. So uh, give us uh, your website once again and what resources can people find there? Yeah, so my website is www.jillweintraubmd.com. And on my website, uh, you'll find a link to my blog, which is called kitchenprescription.com. And in my blog, which I write with a a wonderful dermatologist by the name of Diana Hurwitz, who's also interested in integrative approaches to dermatologic conditions like psoriasis particularly. Well, sounds like Um, my next guest. I might tee her up for a conversation. (laughs) Yeah, she's fantastic. Great. Well, Um, after after the broadcast, you'll you'll send me a link. Sure. Sure. But we look at food and and other supplements and and dive more into the lifestyle aspect of treating our diseases. Indeed. Okay, so uh, great stuff. Uh, Congratulations on uh, a dual uh, career path, a career path which uh, integrates both the best of high-tech conventional medicine. I'm sure you stay well abreast of trends in prescribing some of these new uh, miracle medications. Uh, but 
with the perspective that uh, lifestyle changes, uh, diet, uh, and the use of appropriate supplements can make all the difference in the world for success. So thanks very much for joining us. Really appreciate talking to you. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to be here. That's Dr. Jill Weintraub. Thank you. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com, drhoffmanstore.com.